Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Rivert. Uh, Matt Quest couldn't join us today, but we have a special guest in Tom Fonz. Hey there, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming on again. Uh, and just in case people want to be able to find you online, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, uh, they can find me on Twitter, at Tom Fonz, T-O-M-F-O-N-S-S, um, and I'm in the upcoming season of Community as a little nice. part. Um, uh, yeah, I'm also uh, a voice on the podcast Crit Juice, which is a a podcast that has like actors and comedians playing Dungeons and Dragons and getting uh, very well drunk. Uh, so, so you can check us out at CritJuice.com or um, or on, on Twitter at at CritJuice. Very cool. And in case you guys haven't listened to our podcast before, we focus on the entire world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past or present. Whether it's traditionally animated, hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it's up for discussion with us. So with that, we'll be back in a few seconds with our new releases for the week. Reindeers are better than people. Sven, don't you think that's true? Yeah, people will beat you and curse you and cheat you. Every one of them's bad, except you. Oh, thanks, buddy. But people smell better than reindeers. Sven, don't you think I'm right? That's once again true, for all except you. You got me. Let's call it a night. Good night. Don't let the frost bite, bite. And we're back with our new releases for the week. Uh, the first one is kind of start off the, the holiday season that's coming up. Uh, Disney released two of their their animated films from the the 90s around then, or actually a little bit later, the, the, some of the 80s and the, the 90s. The yeah, Mickey's Christmas Carol. And then Winnie the Pooh, A Very Merry Pooh Year, that came out on Blu-ray. And, and as usual, the Blu-rays look, with, especially with animation, they look like outstanding with the restorations that they do and whatnot. The, the Blu-ray for Mickey's Christmas Carol uh, comes with a bunch of animated shorts on it, too. So if you're a fan of the, the older Disney shorts that they've done it's definitely worth checking out and they actually have one of the newer shorts that they've done on there yodel burke uh have you seen any of the new like mickey mouse animated shorts that they've been doing recently no no i haven't seen it. i love the mickey christmas carol i'm like a big holiday nut uh especially when it comes to film and, and tv programming but yeah I, I i i love this one in particular i feel like second to only like scrooge and the muppet christmas christmas carol this is my favorite christmas carol adaptation i think uh, but I haven't seen any of the no, I haven't seen any of the new um, Mickey shorts. Uh, you, you you seen them? Yeah, they're pr pretty interesting. They're they're done like this uh, very different style than you know, like you're used to seeing uh, Mickey and and that's some of the hu humor is like humor you wouldn't expect at, like Disney to be like okay with <laughs> for for like Mickey to be participating in. Yeah. Uh, like uh, some of the recent like shorts they did, like there was there was one where Mickey and Donald were at a beach, like waiting for Daisy and and Minnie, and yeah. they couldn't get food because uh, Donald wasn't wearing pants, 
and Mickey wasn't wearing a shirt. So right. they they switched close to a point where one of them ended up being naked, and they were playing with that for the part of the episode. That's uh, crazy. And then there's another one that they did recently for Halloween where, like, Goofy was a zombie, and Mickey was just driving down, like, like a like a rodent. It was like it wasn't like it, like a Disney fight zombie. It was kind of like a pretty grotesque kind of looking zombie too. So, right, yeah, yeah that, that that's crazy. Like I, this is off topic, but similar. But I was watching the 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 new Looney Tunes, and I had no idea like that that has a completely different vibe than oh, yeah. the Looney Tunes that you once grew up with. Like they're all just like sitting around at a diner talking. Like it's an episode of, like it's Seinfeld or something. Like, it's so far removed from what it originally was but no i haven't seen the new the m- new mickey i'll have to check it out yeah they're they're all on the disney shorts youtube channel too so for free so if you haven't seen any of them but uh yeah i mean like you said mickey's christmas curl is definitely one of my favorite versions of christmas curl too uh i remember i had to watch it in in french class once in french <laughs> and since i already seen it so many times i actually know what was going on it actually helped me learn in that class that time so that was nice too uh, uh, the next one, Winnie the Pooh, very merry Pooh year, cover you know the the New Year's and Christmas with Winnie the Pooh. Uh, again, this looks pretty pretty good on the Blu-ray as well. Uh, this doesn't have as many bonus features, so there's just a sing-along, and then there's an enchanted environment, which is basically kind of like an animated, you know, you know, they have like the uh, where is it, the fireplaces that you can. Watch it. Oh, yeah. It's more or yeah. less kind of like that, but with in the setting of the Hundred Acre Wood. So. Oh, gotcha. I, I think this one's a little bit less well known. It's it was done by Disney Toon, who also did a, another film we're going to be talking about uh, in a few minutes that came out this year. But uh, I enjoyed that. I remember when I was a kid. It, I think it was also a part of when they had the the Winnie the Pooh TV series on, mm-hmm. like in the early '90s. And originally it was like three different episodes that they did, and they ended up melding it together into this this kind of feature. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. I liked. And I remember I always had the the theme song to that TV show stuck in my head after watching it too. <laughs> uh, so the next one, I'm interested to to hear your thoughts on this one too. If you if you even got a chance to, to see it, uh, Planes uh, Disney's Planes came out on Blu-ray recently as well. Uh, it's a spinoff of from the world of Pixar's Cars. It's not produced by Pixar. Uh, like I was just saying, it's produced by Disney Toon Studios. They've also done like the Tinkerbell films. Uh, they also did one of the films you're going to be talking about later in one of your top ten animated Disney films. Uh, but did you get a chance t- to see this? Yeah, I, no. <laughs> for planes, no, I, I, I didn't see planes, and maybe I'm being, like, super prejudiced, but, like, it's a big red flag for me when, like, Dane Cook is the main voiceover actor, and I'm like, oh, this might not be great, and and I, I don't know, there's a couple things that kind of bug me about planes, um, like, the, first of that, it's, like, it's so derivative of the Cars world, just yeah. just that, and then the fact that, I wasn't like car, Cars was fine, but it was never really nowhere near my my favorite Pixar film of all time. So it was like of all the worlds to like make a side thing from, they did that. Um, and I don't know. I just in general, 
<laughs> just with Dane Cook as the main voice of reactor, it kind of uh, irks me a little bit when, like, uh, w- like, do kids even register who Dane Cook is? Like, what? Like, right. why? Like, why is the why is he even involved? Like, there was that um that snail movie that came out about Turbo a while back, and they had all these big names in it. But it was all names I was like, I don't think a kid knows who Michelle Rodriguez is. Like, I don't think anyone's or any kids. Like, I gotta go see, yeah, like I gotta, I gotta go see it because Michelle Rodriguez is in it. And it's like, no, they want to go see cartoon snails do like crazy goofy stuff. Uh, so like, I would rather have seen like, uh, I don't know, like an unknown voice actor do it or something. But I don't know. I, I, have you seen Planes? It could be great, and I yeah. could just be total uh, a hole. Yeah, I saw a screening of it earlier this year. Um, the storyline's like really close to what the first Cars movie is too, so it right. kind of almost doesn't like get to sit on its own. Like, doesn't get to be its own thing almost. Yeah. Um, and I remember speaking of how Dane Cook is the voice of of Dusty in, in the movie. Originally, it was John Cryer that did oh. the voice of Dusty Crophopper. And, like, some of the original trailers, you can still find them online. You can still hear John Cryer as the voice. And I, oh, wow. and I remember, like, one year at D23, like, they even had him come out on the stage, and John Lester was there with him. And I think that was, like, when they announced the film. And I'm, that was when it was still going to be just straight to DVD and not going to theaters. So right. I'm, I'm interested kind of what happened between it being just straight to DVD and John Cryer being the voice of Dusty. And then they're like, no, we're going to put it in theaters. And now we're going to replace John Cryer with, with Dane Cook. Now it's going to be in theaters. That's so interesting. Yeah. I wonder what that move was about. I mean, in my mind, which I'm sure is wrong, like John Cryer is a bigger star, but he's a bigger TV star and Dane Cook's a bigger movie star. So maybe, maybe they did that because of that. But, but now that I'm even, no, now that I'm saying that, like, Dean Cook doesn't have like a great track record. Like, I, I like I don't even know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I I, <laughs> I I haven't like kept a uh, my thumb on the pulse of Dane Cook's box office what uh, doings. But yeah, I I I'd be interested in finding why why that why they made that change. Yeah, and like they're completely different personalities too, and like kind of voices. Yeah. So like when I had first heard that they were changing that, I thought. Like I wondered if they were gonna, how much they were gonna have to reanimate, like scenes in the film, because I would right. assume that like Dane Cook would try to uh, improv a little bit with some of the lines and move them around. So, right, right. But it, it's interesting, and, and we'll be talking about the, the teaser to the sequel in a little bit. That actually comes out in theaters less than a year after this one came out in theaters. So yeah, I'll be interested in, I guess, seeing what what comes of the the Planes franchise. Yeah. And yeah, the fact that sure. it's even a franchise. No, uh, yeah, those, those movies they seem like. I mean, well, well, we'll talk about it later. But, but yeah, the the at least the sequel seems like a straight to red box movie as opposed to a theatrical release. Yeah, uh, the th- yeah, I'll talk about it in a second. But uh, yeah, there's deleted scenes on here as well. Uh, there's an exclusive song with the character of Franz, which was the character in the film that was a car that could turn into an airplane. Uh, there's top ten flyers count down the world's most famous aviators with host Colin Cowherd. Uh, you can meet the racers of the film, and then the, you can. There's Clay's flight plan, which is a bonus feature that you kind of go in and see what the the director of the film 
had to say about you know his ideas for it and whatnot so and it's available on 3d as well on blu-ray so if you have a 3d tv if you're one of those those few people definitely check it out like that way if you want to uh oh and there is one scene in that that spoiler if you if you guys haven't seen it do you mind if if i ruin this scene no not oh my god i'm gonna be so Uh, mad no go for it there's a uh a flashback to world war ii for the like dusty's mentor character which is more or less like a, a plain version of doc hudson uh and it's like his entire fleet with him like they go to take out like a I'm assuming a, a German ship, yeah. uh, and then like all of his his friends get blown up, and it's supposed to be like a really depressing kind of like somber scene. But then if you think about it for a second, you're like, does that mean that there's a vehicular Hitler in this universe then too? And he, <laughs> <You're right>. yeah, <laughs> did all the same things to to Jewish cars and like what? <laughs> how how does that work? Why do they even like have to reference World War Two era and? <laughs> But. Yeah, when you think too hard about that, yeah, it, it all falls to pieces. Oh my God, that's great. Uh, yeah, I would love if they if they went yeah. there and they showed a yeah a car or a plane Hitler. That would be that would be ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be a Volkswagen too. Just cause. <laughs> exactly. Oh but, God. Yeah, that's the the Blu-rays of Disney that they released this this past week. Uh, the next one was. I don't know if you're a Doctor Who fan, but they released uh, series one through seven of the the new Who uh, on Blu-ray. Originally, season only seasons five, six, and seven had been released, or and the David Tennant specials. But they went back and they put seasons one through four on Blu-ray as well in this huge box that they just put out, and it comes with a, a universal remote control. It's actually the the eleventh Doctor Sonic screwdriver. So if you want to be able to you know turn on your TV and turn the volume up and whatnot, you can use the Sonic screwdriver to do that, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's the same. This is the same one that Think Geek released about a year ago, and I guess they're going to be releasing one for the tenth Doctor too. If, so for the the David Tennant fans, they can buy that one as well. But have have you watched Doctor Who? I'm... Yeah, I'm like I'm so so embarrassed to say that like I, I've seen a few episodes, but I've never sat down and watched a full season. And like part of it, I think for me, I don't know why it's one of the. I mean, I'm into a, a lot of things. Uh, I'll I'll nerd, but I, I for some reason Doctor Who has eluded me. But uh, I think part of it's 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 such a daunting task to be like I don't even know where to start. It's been on the sh- on air for fifty years. Yeah. Like, do I start at the beginning? Do I start modern day with Matt Smith? Do I start with what seems to be the most popular Doctor Who, David Tennant? Um, like, I, I'd be interested to hear from. Are you are you a, a big Doctor Who guy? Yeah. So I, I think like three years or so ago, I hadn't watched it all before. I was kind of like wondering like what the big deal was about the show, and yeah. that was around the time they I think they added it to Netflix. So I, I watched series five of it which was the season that matt smith started because that was the one that was an hd on there so i watched that and i really got in it into it that way and i had i basically was current with it up until uh the end of that season and then i think like the past the like last year my wife and i went back and we watched um from series one with chris shrekelson to series two through four and then the the specials with david Tennant. so the so now I've actually seen the entire 
like new revived version of Doctor Who, and I've seen some of the wow. some of the older ones. Um, you don't really, I mean, it's good, I guess, I guess, to watch some some of the older classic ones to kind of have some kind of like a from reference for sometimes when they they make you know references to you know way back. Uh, right. You, you'll get them better that way, but I mean, you can you can pretty much watch it from Matt Smith on, from David Tennant on, or from from the beginning with Chris Wilkinson on to what they are on now. Because I mean, each time there's a new Doctor, kind of you know, the show kind of reinvents itself, anyways. So I mean, there's references to past events, but more or less, it almost kind of reboots itself each time there's a, a new Doctor. So. That's cool. Now, and there's a new doctor now too, right? Peter Capaldi. Or yeah, is that this official? coming uh, this Christmas in the Christmas special uh, this year, Matt Smith's doctor will regenerate into that that to Peter Capaldi. So, oh, that awesome. Should, so that should be interesting. And then I think series eight doesn't start until like the fall of next year. So, if you do start watching it, you have plenty of time to watch yeah. all seven series and the specials in between and whatnot so but yeah this box that's i mean it's it's full of all the bonus features that came with the original dvds and blu-rays that they put out dr confidential which are great like behind the scenes things especially if you if you like watching stuff like that those are pretty great i know the ones that they release in the uk usually have the full like 45 minute versions of those dr confidential episodes but i guess the ones that they released in the u.s have like the edited down 15 minute versions for some reason. Um, and then there's a bonus Blu-ray that comes with it that hasn't been released before that has um, three specials on it that are the Brit list, Doctor Who ultimate lists of lists, uh, the best of the Christmas specials and Doctor Who at the proms, which is a, a thing that uh, they do in the UK every once in a while where for this, it was uh, at like a 90 minute symphonic like concert more or less of Doctor Who score so that that's pretty cool to watch that if you're interested in the making of the show and just if you're like a, a huge nerd about Doctor Who in general it's definitely worth picking up here's a crazy random I don't even know if this is a thing but I was on Peter Capaldi's IMDB and right. he was he was in World War Z did you, is this a thing or is this yeah. me just being crazy conspiratorial his character name in World War Z was World Health Organization doctor, yeah. which when you abbreviate it is who doctor. Is that has, has that been like an internet something yeah. and a meme or something, or, or am I just being crazy? Yeah, a ton of people started posting it that after they they announced him, and they were like, it was in, hidden in plain sight all along. Right. <laughs> but he's he's actually been on the show twice before too, or like within the Doctor Who universe, where he played a character in an episode called The Fires of Pompeii. That was during David Tennant's era, which was actually had a, another actress who played one of Matt Smith's companions on the show. She was in that episode, too. Uh, oh, wow. And then he was a character on Torchwood, uh, Children of Earth, uh, like a bigger character in that. So, And I, I guess, apparently, they're actually going to try and address address that when once he oh. becomes the Doctor. So maybe like there's some reason like maybe like the Doctor chooses faces that he's he's seen in the past or whatnot for one year generates or huh so i mean it might be interesting to see exactly where that goes with that but yeah Yeah. doctor who uh and the 50th anniversary was on yesterday too so i'll be talking a little bit more about doctor who later on with my recommendation uh and then the last new release that'll be coming out this wednesday uh 
or it's already out depending on when I released this podcast, uh, is Disney's Frozen, which I got a chance to see a little while back, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was it was kind of cool. John Lasseter was right there in the screening that I was at, so that was pretty awesome. And at one point, I was about four feet away from him. Uh, no. The guy that I was with uh, did... I don't know if you ever got to see it, the, the live-action Toy Story that was on online. No, uh, no, I never saw that. Yeah, he he had he and his friend went through and they recreated the entire film of Toy Story in live-action. Wow. Uh, and he got he started shaking John Lester's hand and started talking to him, and it seemed like John Lester was about to you know, respond to him and talk to him as well. Then people that were, were with him kind of like pushed him back into the theater yeah. to, so <laughs> I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but and that, and my friend barely got a chance to, but that it was cool just to be, you know, within that's awesome. The general vicinity. So that's really cool. I would definitely say, believe all the hype around frozen and that it's one of the best Disney animated films since beauty and the beast as all the, the TV spots are saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw the trailer. It looked really funny, and it looked 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 good. I mean, obviously, I've been full before with trailers, but oh, yeah. that it looked like a good Disney film. Yeah, and the music's pretty pretty good. Uh, it's done by the same uh, husband and wife that did the music for the Book of Mormon, uh, which kind of completes the the connection to Josh Gad being in the film as Olaf. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I mean, I liked the music a lot, and that kind of goes back to like music from the Disney films that came out like during the Renaissance and, you know, even like way back when as well. So I would definitely say check that out this Wednesday and this Thanksgiving holiday weekend. It's definitely worth checking out. So that those are our new releases for the week and we'll be back in a few seconds with our news. I mean, it's crazy. What? We finish each other's sandwiches. That's what I was going to say. I've never met someone who, who thinks, thinks so much like me. Jake's Jake's again. Our mental synchronization can have but one explanation. You and I were just meant to be. And we're back with our news for the week. Uh, the first bit being that 19 films were submitted for the Best Animated Film Oscar race. Uh, so out of these 19, which ones do you think will get selected and which would you like to see get selected? I mean, I, I, I of this list, the, the I didn't see too many, but I saw Monsters University. I, I, I really liked it. It was it was um, was fun and cute. I didn't necessarily walk out of it being like, give this thing an Oscar. Um, but yeah, I, I'm actually uh, I would be interested in, in seeing what what is actually going to be the the finalist. Do you have your, what, what what are your thoughts? Uh, I didn't even realize like this many animated films had come out this year. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a so there's caught it with chance meatballs too the crude spickle me too epic Ernest and Celestine the fake Freebirds Frozen Kumba Legend of Sorilla a letter to Momo Monsters University Opostolo Plains Piela Magi Modaka Magicia the movie Rebellion Rio 2096 a story of love and fury I know that is not a, a sequel to the the Blue Sky film uh, the Smurfs two Turbo and the Wind Rises. 
The uh, Smurfs too. Like, did you see Smurfs too? No. No, I didn't see it either. I'm like, I'm kind of amazed that's on that list. I mean, I, yeah, I I can't imagine that thing to be in the running to win an Oscar. But does it only not. count because of the char- the characters in the film? Because I mean, the film itself is live action, and they're just kind live of action. inserted yeah. into it, like you know, like Alvin the Chipmunks and right. Yogi I mean, I, I mean, maybe, I mean, I, Despicable Me Too is like, I mean, those movies are, 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 they're such a huge hit and they're like kind of a, like phenomenon. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that kind of a strong chance. I mean, that, that like Despicable Me Too made almost like a billion dollars worldwide, like 900 million or something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, people obviously love those movies. So maybe that has a, a strong chance of, uh, of winning something, but. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I had no idea that there, there were that many animated films that came out. And, and since there's so many, there there would be five that get nominated, right? I think so. I I think they narrow it down to five. Yeah. Right. So I think if I I had to guess which ones would get picked, I think The Wind Rises by Studio Ghibli would be one of them. Monsters University, another one. Frozen probably. So that's three. Uh, probably. Probably Despicable Me 2 would be the fourth one. Mm-hmm. And then I think it would be a, a toss-up between Cloudy, the Transmute Balls 2, the Croods, and maybe maybe one of the, the foreign films, too. So, I mean... Yeah. I, I've heard good stuff about the Ernest and Celestine film. I haven't got a chance to watch that. It's a, a French animated film. But I guess we'll all find out when they, they announce the nominations next year in January. Yeah, that should that should be interesting. I, I haven't seen all, all of these, but yeah, out of the those ones, I th- I think the ones that I kind of mentioned would be the best to get to get nominated. Triggerfish, right. who did Kumba, they just they did that that film last year, the Zambezia, mm-hmm. which uh, it's a South African animated studio, and I have to like. I watched one of the bonus features on the, the Zambezia Blu-ray, and I have to commend them for like since they don't they don't have the highest budget, but a lot of the the scenes in their their films the animation still looks really good, so I have to you know kind of give them a hand for having a smaller budget than Pixar, but still trying to get their quality up to to that of the, the same with that, and you know trying to. Like the director of that film even said, like he he was striving to make the film be as good as any Pixar film that you've seen. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. So, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the the Zumba film as well to see what's going on with that. Uh, staying with the Oscars for the animated shorts, uh, shortlist has been announced for that, and. Missing off of that, which is kind of interesting, is Pixar's The Blue Umbrella animated short. I thought that was crazy. I thought it was crazy. I, like that. That I thought I, I really liked The Blue Umbrella. I, I was surprised that that didn't make it on the list. Um, did Did you Did you like it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, the animation in that, like, oh my god, half the of animation... it looks like it's shot in live action. And yeah, I mean, I don't. Is. Yeah, we say that with like a lot of Pixar films, but like really though, like really this time, like yeah, I mean, like it looks real. It looks like we're yeah we're watching a live action film, uh, and yeah, and it was creative. The story was like fun and heartwarming, and um, 
Yeah, it was just I, that was a that was a big surprise. I think it's crazy that they omitted they left that out. Yeah. So I mean, I'd be interested to hear exactly why. Like, I don't know if there's like a, a certain time that it was released because because I know sometimes when the shorts are released, they're they're done well before the the feature that they go out with, and they kind of make like a, a festival run with with them. So maybe maybe uh, it was not within the time frame or whatever. Because uh, right. I know La Luna was nominated like a year before that that came out with Brave for an animated short, and they didn't have one last year. Uh, but the the other shorts that are on the the short list are um, Feral, uh, Disney's Get a Horse, which I'm looking forward to see. That's attached to Frozen. It'll be in front of that, and I've heard pretty good things about that, where it's kind of mixture of uh, an old short that they found with uh, Walt Disney even doing the voice of Mickey in the short and then that kind of oh, melds wow. itself with a, a CG animated version of those characters as well so I'm looking to see how that'll be uh, Gloria Victoria uh, Hollowland The Missing Scarf Mr. Hubel Possessions Requiem for Romance Room on the Broom, and Subconscious Password. So, yeah, the only one I've seen of those shorts was the Blue Umbrella so far. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah, that was the only one I was like, all right, I'm going to hope for this one. And then, yeah, it's a no-show. So so I'll I'll definitely want to check out these other ones as well when they become available to to see. Hopefully they put them online like they did last year to to watch them because I was glad that they did that with with all the the ones they get nominated i mean I, I mean i'd like to watch the other ones too at some point but uh yeah and then the last talking about animated shorts uh when mr peabody and sherman comes out next year in theaters it's attached to it there will be a rocky and bullwinkle cg animated short at the, the very beginning which i'm pretty oh, excited to, to yeah see. i'm trying to think what is the uh, like when was the last time a rocky and bull i know they did that live action oh, one yeah. in the 90s but is was that the last time like Rocky and Bullwinkle have shown their faces? Like how? Like when? When is the last time that's happened? I wonder. Yeah, I think so. Besides, yeah, besides the movie, besides yeah, besides that live action movie with you know, Robert De Niro as <laughs> it was Jason Robert Alexander and Rene Russo. Yeah, and Keenan oh, and Kel. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, the, the last episode we talked to uh, Jessica Forer, who works at DreamWorks, uh, at that time they hadn't released the news about this, but she kind of hinted at it. So, And she said that the characters will definitely look better animated that than they do in in that live-action <laughs> film. Yeah. Because they're, they're almost kind of self-shaded in, in the live-action film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To a certain point. But, yeah, I'm... Looking forward to that. That I'm not sure if these are legit, um, like a legit picture of what they're gonna look like in the short. But there's there's a picture online from I think back at at CinemaCon when DreamWorks had their their big thing there, and there was an image of Rocky and Bullwinkle from that. So it's the designs looks look a little bit different than that they used to and what's kind of nice is uh is that june foray is going to be back to do the voice of rocky the flying squirrel which apparently she's related to our guest that was on on the last episode 
She has changed. Oh, wow. She had changed her her name though when she went to the entertainment industry. I guess she sound she thought it sounded more. I guess she said her, had more pizzazz. Yeah, they had more pizzazz. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of cool that I I didn't even know that when we had had her on the show. That's but, wild. So. That's so cool. Uh, definitely looking forward to that and. That is our, our news for the week. Uh, we'll be back in a few seconds with our trailers. Bees the buzz, kids will blow dandelion fuzz, and I'll be doing what every snow does in summer. I drink in my hand, my snow up against the burning sand, probably getting gorgeously tanned in summer. I'll finally see a summer breeze blow away a winter storm. Trailers for the week. The first one is Maleficent from Disney. So, first off, I know that Disney's going to... This is like the first in like a line of what Disney's going to be doing now, where they're making live-action films, more or less, from characters that they've made animated films of in the past. This Because they have a Cinderella film in development as well. Hmm. I almost would have liked if they if they went the route of since they're doing the story from Maleficent's point of view, like you know, they start doing live action films from the point point of view of all the villains in the animated yeah. Disney films. So you get like, uh, so you'd have this one, and then maybe do like uh, I don't know uh, from the Evil Queen, maybe in Snow White. Yeah, that's that's always cool. Like I remember growing up, like one of my favorite books was that I forgot what it was called, but it was the book that was from the POV of the 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 wolf and the three little pigs story. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like they, it, it's a very cool concept. I'm a little worried though. Like I think Elle Fanning is a a, a great actress. Um, I actually think she's better than her her sister. She's not. for sure. Yeah, for sure. She, and they're they're both wonderful. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm. I've never been wowed by Angelina Jolie. I've never been like, "Damn you, Angelina!" But I, I, I don't know. Like, it, you know, obviously this movie is going to be, you know, focusing on her perspective and and rely on her performance a lot. I, I hope that hope that she brings something interesting to it because it's a cool idea. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know. I've I've never really been wowed by her. Uh, but hey, I'm I'm open to I'm 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 open to being wowed. Yeah. I'm wondering how much of it will retread the story of Sleeping Beauty, or if there'll be a lot of new elements to it. Because uh, like I know in this teaser, like they, sh- I mean they show a lot of with Elle Fanning as Aurora, right. and like the, the huge uh, patch of thorny bush that like Maleficent brings up over the the kingdom. Uh, the film is being directed. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but he was like the visual effects director for Avatar and Alice in Wonderland, oh, and a wow. bunch of other films. So, like, you can kind of see see that in some of the the effects that they have in, in this trailer. There's like a mermaid-looking fairy at one point in it, which was interesting. Huh. But yeah, and I also thought it was interesting. I don't know if maybe like they'll have her her skin turned green by the end of the film but oh if, if, right if that yeah. was like a choice to not have her be green because maybe they thought that'd be too close to oz that just came out but uh, uh yeah, yeah yeah but I yeah. Was, 
I found it interesting the um, it, it, is Hans Zimmer doing the music because it sounded like the beginning of that trailer sounded like the trailer for like a Christopher Nolan movie. It was like dun, 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 dun. like I was like I expecting any second to hear like Christian Bale be like Sleeping Beauty deserves a protector, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's you know I, 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 these days like it's always like the intense version of oh, yeah. whatever thing you once knew. Like Man of Steel was like. He's you Superman, um, but uh, but I, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing it. I, I hope it's um, it's it's a it's a cool concept. I hope they they do it justice. Definitely. Uh, and the next one, I'm really looking forward to. This is the Lego Movie that's going to be coming out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the theatrical trailer they just released for this it seems like Batman's going to be in a lot of the film, and so they already announced Batfleck, but we get we get Will Arnett as Batman before we get. Ben Affleck is bad. So but I think it's a, yeah, that's a great casting. The whole cast in, in the Lego movie is, is pretty awesome. Like yeah. Chris Pratt, Gray, Elizabeth Banks, Liam Will Neeson, Farrell, Will Arnett. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, and there's tons of other voices, and I thought it's cool how much intellectual properties they have in the film. Like you have yeah. a, a Ninja Turtle Lego in there. You have. Wonder Woman. This is going to be a Justice League movie before they get a Justice League movie out there because it's got Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and Superman, Superman and Batman in it. Right. So. Oh my god. The Lego Movie was able to do it before they were able to get the live action one. I want to. I forgot who was doing the voice of Wonder Woman, but like some of the voices they have doing some of the other characters in there are pretty cool as well. I th- I thought it would have been funny if they had gotten Ryan Reynolds to do the voice of. Of the Green Lantern, oh, no. I originally yeah, thought sure. it was Diedrich Bader doing the voice of of Batman because he had done the, <laughs> he had done the voice on the Batman the Brave and the Bold animated series. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And while well, Arnett's like Batman voice, and it sounded really close to that. So, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. The story sounds really sounds awesome. I, I like the animation style to it too, where it's it's CG, but it looks like they did the entire film in stop motion almost. Yeah, wait, yeah, I I was almost like, yeah, it looks a lot like stop motion. Yeah. Um, and, I, and like just in the trailer, like it had some great bits, like the 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 jumping jack, like him, like the Lego piece trying to do a jumping oh, yeah. jack was great. Um, yeah, like with his hand going forward and backward. Yeah, uh, yeah, it looks like it, it should be really funny. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I liked all the, the humor with Batman as well too. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, so. can't go wrong with Batman. What what it'll be funny about the video game is that you know, how they've started releasing like Lego video games for a lot of things is that there's a they're obviously going to do one for the movie as well, but the the title is like the most redundant title ever. It's it's Lego, the Lego Movie, the video game. <laughs> Perfect. In case you were confused, yeah, this is what you're purchasing. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. But. And there's a little tiny Batman on the cover for that, so I'm assuming you'll probably be able to play as Batman in that as well, too, just like in the Lego Batman game. But uh, going from there, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, the the international trailer uh, for that, I think it was a little bit better than the theatrical, or I mean the teaser, at least for the U.S., because it kind of pushes out the story a little bit more. Uh, what, did, what did you think of this? Uh, this was always my favorite bit of the Rock and Bullwinkle show when I was a little kid when I watched that. 
Me too. I, I preferred Mr. P. Benning Sherman, yeah, more than Rocky and Bolenko. I, I, I really liked it. I, I'm, you know, it, the trailer looked good. In in general, I'm a little, I'm interested in seeing whether this generation of kids will be interested in a Peabody and Sherman movie because, I mean, I, I mean, it originally came out in the fifties, correct? Yeah. And I, I was only made aware of it because like in the nineties, Cartoon Network would re-air the Rocking Bowenville show. And that's how I got into it. But I mean, I, I don't know, maybe they are airing that right, right now, but I, I feel like they aren't. I, I'm very interested in seeing whether this is a, um, this is a franchise or a set of characters that that kids today can are gonna latch onto and get excited about. I I, I am excited because it's a I, I like them and you know grew up with their cartoons. But um, it'd be interesting to see whether that whether that captivates an audience uh, these days. Definitely, I, I hope it does too. My son seems pretty interested in seeing it as well. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, and they did they did a special uh, kind of wink at Doctor Who uh, TV spot yesterday for the movie. Too, so yeah. I, thought, I thought that was pretty cool. That was great. That was really funny. Uh, and and I I like Ty Burrell's voice as Mr. Peabody. Uh, I remember originally they announced that Robert Downey Jr. like originally was cast as Mr. Peabody. I think that would have been interesting too. But mm-hmm. uh, watching the trailer again and thinking back to the original shorts, Ty Burrell's voice kind of sound sounds very close to the original voice actor who did the voice for. For Mr. Peabody, so oh, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't realize until he said that that was Ty Burrell. That that's right. that's great casting. I think. Yeah, I think the voice similarity and just like I don't know the the comedic spirit is is very akin uh, right right there. So that's that's a good choice, I think. And I, I forget the the little kid's name, but uh, the young actor who played the the young Peter Parker and the Amazing Spider Man last year does the voice of Sherman. So. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but there's uh, in Back to the Future they actually reference Mr. Peabody and Sherman because the you know the old man Peabody. Oh, that's right. His farm and his son's name is Sherman. So. Oh wow, that's I know, great. I never realized that until like I don't know a few years ago when I was watching Back to the Future again. I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's great. But, <laughs> Oh man, Peabody. Yeah, it's great. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so yeah, actually, we just got a nice little wink at Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Uh, and then the last teaser we, we kind of teased this a little bit earlier in the podcast is the for Planes, Fire and Rescue, uh, which sees Dusty go from being a racing airplane to a fire airplane, like. And it almost seems like he's the only character that is returning from the, the first film. Almost because mm-hmm. since they were these were like we said were originally produced for straight to Blu-ray and DVD, which is why they're getting put out so fast. Because I mean, I'm assuming they worked on them all at the same time in the studio because they wanted to have them out one each year. But <laughs> what do you think of uh, the teaser for this? Does it to you than the first uh, yeah. film did, or? I mean, it's I mean, it's obviously it's, it's hard for me to judge since I haven't seen the original. But if, from what I can tell from just watching both trailers for the for the original and for the sequel, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it seems it seems fine. Like it it doesn't it doesn't seem horrible. Like I'm not the biggest Dane Cook fan in the world, but 
just judging it on this film as as its own thing, it, it yes, it, it looks very much like uh, an animated film that goes straight to DVD or, or, or Redbox, yeah. um, like any of those, like Aladdin Five, Jafar's Lament, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it it it, uh, it could be good, but it it, it I don't know. It it looks. I, I have the same opinion, I guess, as what I, what I thought of the trailer for the original, which is like meh. Yeah, but I guess uh, they've also slowed down production because. Of how well or unwell received the the first one was, so maybe we won't get the third one in 2015. Maybe it'll take until 2016 to get that one. Right. But, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll wait and see until they release another trailer for this as well. But that is our those are our new trailers for the week, and we'll be back in a few seconds with the recommendation. But I'm somewhere in that zone Cause for the first time in forever I won't be alone I can't wait to Back to the recommendations for the week My recommendation uh, Still talking about Doctor Who uh, How it should have ended I really love all, all the animated shorts that these guys do I want to eventually get Somebody that's involved with how it should have ended on on the podcast to talk with them about how they produce like their shorts for it and you know how, like how that the whole thing started with them but this one uh is another in the saga of their their super cafe episodes they've been doing and it, it stars the 11th doctor there is a small spoiler to man of steel if you haven't seen that yet but it's a, a nice little joke that they get in there uh it's also nice how possessive and batman is of amy and rory for, from earlier in uh, the Eleventh Doctor's adventures, and how he's how he's like, I would have gone back for that. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, and then there's like a, a nice little thing with uh, tag at the end that you guys should enjoy too, if you're with Batman and one of the Doctor's companions that he has right now. But it, yeah, it's definitely a funny thing to watch if if you're a Doctor Who fan. And if you've been watching the Super Cafe things that the, that they've been doing and how it should have ended, there's they did another uh, short for uh, for Doctor Who where how a certain episode should have ended with the tenth Doctor. So check that out as well if you're interested in seeing that. But I definitely enjoyed this. I thought it was funny. And if you like how it should have ended or Doctor Who, you'll enjoy this too. How about you? What, what do you what do you want to recommend this week? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, actually, I mean, uh, I was gonna do something a little unorthodox. I, I don't have a recommendation, but I would actually like to get a recommendation um, either from you, Mark, or people can uh, tweet at me at Tom Fonz. Um, like, I, I haven't had a lot of time to get back uh, and watch like an animated TV show, but there's been a lot I feel like that have come around lately in the past few years that have I've heard nothing but great things about, like. Uh, like Bob's Burgers and Adventure Time and the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Spectacular Spider-Man and Beware the Bat, a whole slew of things. I'd be interested in seeing what you would recommend. Like if I was to 
if I was to start a first episode of of a new animated series right now, what what would what would your suggestion be? Because I'm I'm in the market. Uh, I really enjoyed Adventure Time. Me and my son have been watching that. That's uh, it's a very bright show. So I would suggest trying to to procure the season one and two Blu-rays that are out because it's definitely a benefits from watching in HD. Uh, gotcha. I just recently watched Bob's Burgers after. Uh, my friend Justin, that's been on this podcast many times before, uh, suggested it to me. It's for some reason the guy's name is what is it? John H. Benjamin or H. John Benjamin? It's the same same guy that does the voice of Archer. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. And about. they actually did an episode of Archer that that was a Bob's Burgers crossover. So that was that was pretty <laughs> funny recently. Where Archer is Bob, <laughs> but yeah, the the new Ninja Turtles series is pretty awesome too. Uh, actually, I almost it might be sacrilegious, but I think I like the the theme song to that that new series more than I like the one from like that the eighties TV. Oh wow! So, yeah, uh, yeah. But I haven't seen Beware the Bat. I've I've heard some good things about that. I just I don't know. I didn't really like the animation style for that from like some of the. Images I saw from it, I didn't because I don't know. He seemed like every seemed like way too elongated. Yeah, like, I, I actually did catch the first episode of that, and it, it was it was cool. But you're right, the animation does have a way of taking you out of it because you're like you you're you become hyper conscious yeah. of like you're watching this it with the weird animation. It like almost looks like I don't know, like a cutaway scene in a video game. Or something. It's it's yeah. It's very, it's it's very CG and computerized. But like I I did enjoy the first episode. But yeah, the animation probably isn't like everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, but yeah, I'd definitely suggest Adventure Time, Bob's Burgers. Do you watch Archer? Uh, I've, yeah, I've seen episodes of Archer. Okay, I, I, I like Archer. Yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, those guys are great. That's yeah, from the same period as C Lab twenty twenty one, right? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a great C Lab episode of Archer too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was watching Archer this past past year too. I watched all four seasons of that in like two months. Uh, I think season five starts in January, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and you said spectacular Spider-Man. Were you, did you mean that, or did you were you talking about Ultimate Spider-Man? No, yeah, I know. I know. Spectacular Spider-Man came out a, l- a little while ago. I haven't even seen that. I heard that was good, but I've also heard this new Spider-Man is good too. Or, yeah. or yeah, Spectacular Spider-Man's pretty good. It's got Josh Keaton doing the voice of of Spider-Man in that. He also did the voice of Hal Jordan and Green Lantern in the the Green Lantern animated series that was recently on. And then Cartoon Network got rid of it for no good reason. But uh. uh but yeah, so he's in the voice of Spider-Man and Green Lantern, and he actually this really cool thing on his his YouTube channel, where you know all the Spider-Man memes, uh, like uh, the '60s Spider-Man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he he did his voice, uh, like as like he did for Peter Parker Spider-Man on Spectacular Spider-Man, reading like the text in, in those memes on his <laughs> so it's pretty funny they're they're like they're they pretty adult so if don't not recommended for kids to to listen to those he even he even says that and that so but right. <laughs> yeah i, I like spectacular spider-man a lot that one it, it's more 
I think it's closely, more closely kind of related to the 90s Spider-Man and like the way that they do the storytelling for that. Whereas the Ultimate Spider-Man is uh, some of the same guys that do Ben 10 uh, and uh, Generator Rex. And now they are, now they're also doing Avengers Assemble and the Hulk and the Agents of Smash. So it's, I, I like it. It takes a little while to get used to because Spider-Man breaks the fourth wall and kind of, you know, explains what's going on sometimes, which is more like a Deadpool thing. But right. they did an episode with Deadpool, which was funny. And it, the episode, uh, Deadpool took over the episode. So the episode was called Ultimate Deadpool. <laughs> uh, Will Friedle, who who was uh, everyone's favorite Matthews brother on Boy Meets World, Eric Matthews, uh, does the voice of Deadpool on that too. So. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, the, there's definitely some great animated shows that are on on TV now. And if you, have you seen a regular show? No, no, I've I've heard good things about it though. Um, no, I haven't seen it. I think you did enjoy that as well. Season one and two of that are on Blu-ray too. So, all right, I'll check that out. And uh, actually, a bunch of these are, are on Netflix Instant now too. At least season one's season one of Time and regular show are on Netflix. So definitely worth checking all that stuff out. Sweet. Yeah, those are our recommendations and recommendations for for Tom this week. So <laughs> we'll, we'll be back in a few seconds with our main topic, discussing our top ten animated Disney films of all time. All right, and we're back with our main topic this week. We're going to be discussing our top ten animated Disney films of all time. My, my the films that are on my list, the the first two are in those spots. Everything else is kind of tied for third because <laughs> I I like the movie so much. I felt bad kind of trying to put you know one film in number ten when when I might like it just as much as the film like that's number five. For this, we're doing this this week. Uh, like we discussed a little bit earlier, to celebrate Disney's most recent animated film, Frozen, their 53rd animated film in their canon. Uh, but some of these films might not be within that canon. I've, I know at least one of them isn't. But definitely, this, this should be interesting. Uh, and we'll start off with Tom. What is? Yeah, sure. What are, what are your top 10 animated Disney films of all time? Okay. So, so ten is a tie uh, with two films, and then and then nine, like the 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 two tens and my nine, are kind of similar. In in I'll refer to them as the trio of terror because even though these films like terrified me as a kid, I have mad respect for them. So the the my number ten that I'm uh, there the two movies that are tied are uh, Fantasia and Dumbo, and neither of them are feature length. I know, but um. They definitely had like a, a huge effect on me as a kid. The first time I watched Fantasia, I I was uh, brought to a parent's one of my parents' friends' Christmas party, and like I was like sat <laughs> like they put me in a room by myself to be watch like, "Here, this. kid, 
watch this. And it was traumatizing, this movie. <laughs> like, there's, like, black Night. magic and, and bald creatures and mayhem. Um, so I didn't like it when I first watched it. But then I, as I got a little older and watched it, I, I could respect it, uh, the animation and the storytelling and a lot more. Uh, and then, yeah, similarly with Dumbo, it was equally scary and then on, on top of that super depressing right. <laughs> like uh but i can like vividly remember the hallucination scene with the the champagne and the pink elephants and um which was just lovely nightmare fuel for a, a, a kid um some, some then, semi-racist things in that, that movie the, the crows yeah. yes super racist crows just happens to be called jim jim oh yeah jim, you know jim crow Right, as a reference to the Jim Crow laws. So, yeah, so they had that lovely thing going on. And then, oh, my God, the scene where he goes back, to, brought back to meet his mother, and she's been locked up because she, because uh, she like, like, whatever, was protecting him. That that scene destroys me uh, every time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it is amazing. Like, there's so many facets of a Disney film, at least back in the day, where, like, heart-wrenching like i couldn't can't believe like kids so many kids watched these films like bambi's not on my list but just to reference it of like we watched a mother deer get shot like not not clearly but it's just yeah there's a there's a lot of heart wrench in it but i i wouldn't change it. it it's um it's one of those things that stick with you through childhood for 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 good or bad um can going off of that can can you name a Disney film that has more than either the mother or the father in it? Wait, say that again? Can you name a Disney film that has either only the has more than the mother or only the father in it? Oh. Has only the mother or only the father in it? Um any of them that have actually both both been there. Not off the top of my head. Do 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 you? <laughs> Not that I. The only one. Uh, like Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Yeah. Uh. But like, I mean, they're only there at the beginning. Laying the tramp, I guess you can kind of say that. Like at the end, when they have babies. Right. <laughs> the ones with dogs, lady, like one hundred one hundred and one Dalmatians. Both the parents are there, but they're oh yeah, their kids right. get their kids get stolen. Let me think. Hercules, yeah. I guess. Yeah, Mulan, but but more I guess from like era that when Walt Disney was alive, I think that I've heard that usually there was wasn't a, a mother or a father present in the films because I guess most of the time this was. Because he felt, Walt Disney felt responsible for his own mother's death, death apparently. Oh uh, God! So, so, so I guess that's why a lot of the time, in a lot of these, like Bambi's mother dies, or right. you know, there, there's various, like like you were saying in Dumbo, like that too. So, I I guess you can definitely see like the whole mother thing with that Snow White. Uh, you don't even see either of her parents at all in that. But, no. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess that's kind of an interesting thing. And in continue, sir. Oh, uh, yeah, so, sorry. Uh, uh, so continue the uh, the reign of terror. This one, let, let less so, but there are still pretty terrifying moments in this movie is 
my number nine is Pinocchio. Um, I like the the Jiminy Cricket is one of one of my favorite uh, Disney characters of all time. But the, another character that really stuck with me was the villain, um, the fox guy, Jay Worthington Fowlfellow, which is an amazing name, by the way. Uh, he was terrifying. Monster the Whale was terrifying. The the Couchman guy, I think that's his name, Couchman, something like that. Um, he he was terrifying. But uh, yeah, I, I uh, but it was. But I found this movie much less terrifying than than say the, the hallucination scene in Dumbo or um, or Fantasia as a whole. Pinocchio is um, also on my list as well. Um. So yeah. Uh. Did Did you think it was weird as a kid that? That that cat and the fox that try to you know uh, sell him to uh, what's his name yeah the, the marionette guy they were the only bipedal humanoid animals that spoke that I that mean film. that that might have been what weirded me out I know that like that those guys those villains specifically like. The, the creeped me out to no end and like i will never get that imprint out of my brain of like you, you're just watching this kid kid and being like don't trust these guys these are horrible guys uh really none of the bad guys in that, that movie get any up comeuppance either yeah it's kind of a dark it's, it's kind of like the dirty streets and like like yeah it's it's yeah it, it's it's uh kind of gritty pinocchio yeah um but yeah, uh, and then my my number eight is uh, to lighten things up now. Uh, Emperor's New Groove, which is like, you know, it, it was really silly and fun, and for what it's worth, I think it's David Spade's Spade's best work. Um, I think I thought he was really funny in it. Um, and yeah, it's it's just a lighthearted, like fun romp. Have you seen the the sweat box? No, what's that? Uh, I don't know if it's still on YouTube or Vimeo, but that was a documentary about the making of the Emperor's New Groove. It was originally called Empire of the Sun at, at <laughs> one point, and it was it was produced by uh, Sting's wife, because huh. uh, he he had originally wrote, written a, a ton of songs from when it was Empire of the Sun. Oh if, wow! If you can f- find it, it, it sometimes it gets moved around on YouTube a lot because you know like Disney. Right. doesn't really want it out there but uh but it's definitely worth checking out uh originally um owen wilson was the voice of cusco before his vo- his name was cusco oh i could see i yeah i, I could see him playing that type of role yeah that's he, interesting he would come back to disney years later as lightning mcqueen <laughs> yeah but yeah definitely right. ch- check that out it's, uh, it's pretty interesting to to see the like where Emperor's New Groove started at and how it came all the way to it is the film that we're not watching. So Yeah. Empire of the Sun is a lot less fun and silly <laughs> title yeah. than than Emperor's New Groove. Um uh, Yeah, I have to check that out. Um and this is where I'll start probably making people mad. So but let me preface it with saying yeah, we, you know, this is the top ten favorites. If I was to make a top ten like objectively the best ones it would probably be a little different but the 
so there are some movies that I know are like, this is like arguably one of the best Disney films, animated films of all time. But in terms of me wanting to rewatch it, it's not as high as others. So when I say number seven to the Lion King, no, you know, don't, don't get too, uh, up in arms about it. I mean, I, I mean, how can you go wrong with this movie? It's, it's so good. Um, Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick, Jeremy uh, Irons, a scar is awesome. Um, and this is another. This is another. Uh, although it's not under Disney's uh, Walt Disney's era, this is another. You know, family member dies. Yeah. Uh, in front of situation. his kids. What's that? In front of his kids' eyes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and his kid thought it was his fault. Right. Oh God. Much um, what the kids need are a Hamlet analogy. Um, but yes, yeah, uh, Lion King's fantastic. Um, number six, this is another thing. I know if this was an objective list, it would be higher, but Aladdin is my number six. Um, I mean, this movie is just so amazing. Obviously, Robin Williams' performance is incredible. And this was like, I, this is what I vividly remember about, um, about this movie was when it came out, I don't know what grade I was in. Uh, it was like, I don't know, uh, elementary school or something, but I remember the big like buzz around it was like like high schoolers were seeing this movie or like college kids were seeing this movie like it was a cool thing to go see Aladdin like it wasn't some like dumb little kid thing to do like you like even the high schoolers wanted to see Aladdin um so like it's just a phenomenal movie uh beyond it being super cool um but yeah i mean i obviously i know that Aladdin i'm i'm uh is is high on your list obviously um, but yeah, it's it's just a fantastic movie. It's still not out on Blu-ray. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it is in the UK. It's just that's crazy talk. Not, not what? here. Wow. That's 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 shocking. They even teased us because in one and uh, Lady and the Tramp when they used to announce what the next uh, Diamond editions were going to be, it had yeah. for for spring of this year, Aladdin. And then that changed to Peter Pan, which Peter Pan is all is all well and good, but yeah, Peter Pan's great. I wanted um, I wanted to let. Oh, for sure. Um, number five is the Jungle Book. I mean, it's it's just a classic, and uh, the Bare Necessities song is one of my favorite Disney songs of all time. Um, Have you seen the the video of uh, Tom Elson singing that at D twenty three? No, no. That's pretty I funny. I guess, I guess that's what he used for his audition for the the first film he was ever in. He, he's <laughs> he's saying that to get to get the part. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, and uh, my number four might make some people mad too, uh, or it might or it might make people confused. But um, my number four is Ducktales, the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Uh, I, I I don't care what anyone says. I'm a huge Ducktales guy. Um, uh, I mean, I, and this was one of these movies that, like, as a kid, I had this VHS and I watched the heck out of it. I mean, I, I like, I burned that VHS, just, but I'm but destroyed it. I watched it so many times. Um, that's, and that's uh, movie. it's great. Yeah, it's it's just a lot of fun. Like, if you like Ducktales, it's like everything you love about the the franchise and and more and. Uh, yeah, it's just like an exciting sort of Indiana Jones, you know, treasure hunting uh, extravaganza. Yeah, Rip Taylor is, is the genie in that. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, and, and Christopher Lloyd, 
does does the voice of the villain in that, which is awesome. Oh, that's right. Oh god. The only so... way you can get this DVD though is uh, either through Disney Movie Rewards or the Disney Movie Club. You can't like go to the store or on Amazon and buy it. You have to. That's how you. The only way you can get it. So. Why do they torture us so? But um, I'm glad I actually fi- finally got it because it was out of stock for a long time on Disney Movie Rewards. Oh, it's so good. Um, my number three is Alice in Wonderland. Um, it, this just blew my mind as a kid. The 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 animation and just the the look and the feel of it, and uh, uh, the way that they portrayed the characters. Like I can still. I love the caterpillar being like, and who are you? Um, it, it was just a, yeah, it was, it was very, um, before I even knew what this word meant, it was very trippy and, 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 uh, just like super imaginative. Um, and I think it's a, it's a, no one talks about Alice in Wonderland that much, but it's, it's quite good. Um, much, my number two. Much oh, sorry, better than the much better than the live action. Oh, good. Got so. the Tim Burton one. Yeah. Oh, good golly, that was that was something. Um, <laughs> They're making a sequel to that too. How? That's crazy. That I mean, I think that's well. Did it? It, it did well in the states. Uh, I know it did well worldwide. But I feel like that's just people being like, "Oh, it's an Alice in Wonderland film. Like it's yeah. a recognizable, it's a legend. So like people go see it because it's a, it has name recognition." But I, I, oh man, yeah, Tim, Tim Burton, man. I, I, I don't know how you feel. He's, he's been like disappointing me as of late. Um, although I didn't see Frank and Weenie. I know that's like I, I liked Frank and Weenie. I, I thought sure that, that was kind of a, uh, going back to his roots yeah. kind of thing. That was, that was nice. I, I think the last yeah. one I liked before that was was Sweeney Todd. And I liked that a lot. Yeah. No, I I, I want to check out Frank and Weenie. I, uh, yeah, I think he does. He needs to go back because I think he's like whatever we loved about Tim Burton. But I think he's strayed from that a yeah. bit. But Frank and Weenie's yeah, great. Um, number two, the Sword in the Stone. Um, I, I I'm I'm not like a I was never like a big King Arthur guy, and I, I, I'm still not. But th- this is just a wonderfully wonderfully done uh animated film um this was another one that i had the vhs and just like watched it on repeat um and there there are so many just fun sequences like there's the underwater like when they turn into fish and they're like it's like an underwater sequence and then oh, yeah. and the one in the forest and they, they they're turning into squirrels there's it was so magical and great and funny like th- this was this I feel like that that was like I don't know why, what year it was, but that was a cool era for Disney films. Like a lot of the writing, yeah, it was, was part like, of their like Xerox era, where yeah, between it was, like One Hundred One Dalmatians and uh, da, 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 I think Fox and the Hound. Yeah, so it's it was just good. Um, and then my number one hands down favorite Disney animated film, and it's I think it's the one of the most underrated uh, Disney animated films is is Robin Hood. Um, this is my, what's that? Oodalali. Yeah, <laughs> this is like my my favorite adaptation of Robin Hood. Um, it's he's just so cool in this. That the whole movie's great. It's like sort of like a, it has a sort of medieval Dukes of Hazard feel to it. Um, uh, you know, it's very it's silly, but it's but the the comedy is very mature and uh, smart. It's not slapsticky. 
like I was saying about Sword in the Stone, like the writing is actually good. Like this isn't just for kids. Like you can watch it as an adult and be like, oh, I really appreciate this. Um, and if you want an amazing song to get stuck in your head forever, uh, that the the song that the, the rooster whistles, the uh, yeah. that that will forever be something that will make me smile and will get stuck in your head. So if if that doesn't make you smile, don't listen to it. Talking about I I just got the Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. Yeah. <laughs> Talking back and forth, it, and the other one has to say, "Oh God!" Yeah, but it's it's such a uh, yeah. I, I I think it's so underrated that 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 film. It's so good. Definitely. And I think pretty much all the ones that you suggested are on Blu-ray, except for the Ducktales the movie, and Aladdin. But other uh, other than that, all of those are available on Blu-ray. Oh, Jungle Book will be on Blu-ray in February when they release the Diamond Edition for that. But other than that. But yeah, they all look really good. Robin Hood, especially that just came out like a few months ago, and that looks fantastic. Oh yeah, and the animation is so cool too. It's yeah. a hand-drawn. It just has so much character to it. It's, uh, I would love to see that on Blu-ray. Definitely, it's definitely worth picking up. I would, I would say, put that on your Christmas list for this year. Yeah, big time. Uh, so some, so here's my list. Some of these are were also on yours. Like, like I said earlier. Uh, I might move some of these around as as I start talking about them, but uh, I had written down the Sword in the Stone at, at ten, but I think I'm gonna switch that with Pinocchio at at, at six. So, but yeah, I, like you were saying, the Sword in the Stone, I really enjoyed that as well for all all the same reasons. Uh, I I loved that as a kid. I watched it so many times that I think I wore out the tape for that too, because. Every time a new Disney film came out on VHS, my my grandma would go out and buy it for me and my sister. So, oh, pretty so awesome to, to to watch that. Uh, the n- next one, uh, again, I I want I I think pretty much from from three to ten, these are all tied for me. But <laughs> uh, I, I, Peter Pan was one of my favorite Disney films of all time. It's my one of my wife's as well. Uh, I, and the character Peter Pan and himself, I I just like that whole kind of story of that, and uh, I loved the 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 film Finding Neverland that that Johnny Depp did a while back. Yeah. But that was great. I, I really like. I mean, this is another Disney film that's got a pretty bad racist stereotype of of a certain ethnicity in it, especially in this one. It would be Indians. Oh uh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. But for yeah, see, like this is why I don't understand why they can't release Song of the South because some of some of the stuff in their anime much worse, much much worse than 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 that film for right thing like you know I mean they should just bite the bullet and put that movie in and let people buy it because with how much people want that movie that would sell right it's Peter Pan yeah, yeah. I, that that's. Yeah, it should absolutely be. But yeah, I mean, Peter Pan. Uh, remember when when the Blu-ray came out for for Peter Pan? There's a deleted scene on there of a song that Captain Hook did, which is is really weird. And I'm glad that it got deleted because it, it seems more like a song that Gaston would have sang in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> it's, it's in this like really weird tempo and everything. 
It's it's definitely something worth checking out. I think it might be on YouTube. Oh my god! Is it like we get to see the romantic side of Captain Hook? Like no, it's like <laughs> no, it's like this is like weird, kind of weird, like a kind of rhythmic tempo going on with it. Uh, oh. It's kind of you know, it's it's weird to describe, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I really loved Peter Pan as a kid. Um, you know, it's it's obviously popular. I mean, they use Tinkerbell for. A, a ton, ton of stuff now, and Tinkerbell's got her own line of films. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that I think that was one of the first Disney films I saw in theaters when they did like the re-release of those in theaters when they, they didn't put them out on DVD and VHS all the time. And I, I still have the the VHS poster for Peter and Pan for Peter and Pan, <laughs> Peter Pan. <laughs> so I'm pre- I'm glad that I have that. It's a nice thing to have from like the I think like the late eighties, but uh, going from there, number eight, Lilo and Stitch. I think this is one of the films from like the the newer era of of Disney, like with Emperor's New Groove, where it's like every once in a while they had like a hit or miss record for a few years, and this is one of the the hits that they had. I, I really enjoyed it. I like. I love the character of, of Stitchin and the character in the the film. It's, I think it was, I want to say, yeah, it was Disney's first animated kind of sci-fi film almost. Oh, is is Stitchin? I never saw it, so I, I I'm, oh, yeah. sure, I'm sure it's guys never saw. It. Is Stitch an alien? Yeah, Stitch is, is a Stitch is an alien experiment six two six. He was a uh, like there's this mad scientist kind of alien that created created him to. You know, basically just destroy everything. Uh, Stitch is sentenced to exile on on this uh, planet that nobody's on, but he escapes. He, he makes it to Earth and, and lands in Hawaii, uh, and then he kind of is, is disguising himself as as a dog. Yeah, uh, after Stitch lands in Hawaii, he he you know meets Lilo, uh, her and her her sister are living by them by themselves because their parents are apparently deceased much like in every other disney film and <laughs> uh and, and right, like there's all this this whole thing with like stitch kind of discovering like he doesn't want to be alone and uh you know the whole disney thing with the film but it, i think it's it's a it's a really good film uh it's but yeah i, I really i really enjoyed it they they did uh, lilo such animated series after that they did Stitch. They did a Lilo and Stitch two sequel. They did a movie called Stitch. They did a movie called Leroy and Stitch. So yeah, they kind of milked this for everything it was worth. But <laughs> and with that, uh, Lilo and Stitch two was like an actual sequel to this. But then the TV series was a is is its own thing, like where they were going around getting the other six hundred twenty five experiments that the scientists had made. And then oh. Stitch the movie was kind of more or less like the the series finale for that show. Huh. Uh, they had the, the same, like the voice actors and everything for it. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, the, the next film I'm talking about, uh, you also talked about was the jungle book. I'm, I was a huge fan of this as a kid. Baloo. I wanted Baloo to come hang out with me <laughs> and be my friend. Didn't we all? Uh, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> and and when they did the the sequel to this, you know, in Disney's phase of making a sequel to every film they ever made, uh, I, ha- I have to commend John Goodman and J- Halo Joe Osment for 
their voices sound like spot on for the original oh. voice actors for Baloo and yeah. Mowgli. Uh, it was Chris Sanders who was the voice of Stitch and also directed Lilo and Stitch and the Croods. But yeah, I really enjoy the Jungle Book. I'm looking forward to the Blu-ray of this. Uh, I'm hoping that there's some awesome bonus features for that Blu-ray. They were some of my favorite characters. Uh, I mean, I liked the, the whole thing with like Shere Khan and that. And then right. the Turkey Vault, essentially the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god, I forgot about them. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah, so the, the nice little 60s influence there with the Jungle Book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the next one is Pinocchio. You talked about that as well. I really enjoyed this too. I liked, I just liked Pinocchio's adventure in that. And like you're saying, there's a lot of like pretty heavy stuff in this. And like, you know, the whole thing about uh, him essentially turning into a jackass because that's how he's acting. Right. Uh, in the films, that that redheaded kid, that that kid was like, I remember I was really annoyed by that, that red haired kid when I saw the movie at, at first. Yeah, I was like, I was really happy when he turned into a donkey, and <laughs> see that—that's the thing too. I don't remember remember exactly. Do do all of those kids island or like does like Pinocchio escape and like those kids are are pretty much just left there, right? I uh, yeah, I I think they're left there, but I I I mean it's been so long since I've seen it. I'm not sure, but yeah, I I think there's a lot of like weird stuff like that like like you said before like not a lot of the villains get their comeuppance i think those kids are kind of just left there i think yeah. <laughs> so D- disney's first villain with human trafficking right <laughs> but he gets around it with a loophole because he turns them into donkeys first right uh the, Got the, him. the next one i think is a lot of the times uh an overlooked disney film that a lot of people forget about but hercules from from the 90s. Uh, I really enjoyed Hercules a lot. You have Danny DeVito as Phil, and it ripped horn as Zeus. Uh, they did an animated series for it was like teenage Hercules. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, you had uh, James Woods as as, uh, as Hades. And apparently, oh. I just heard, I had saw this the other day, uh, the dude from Clue... And oh, uh, T- Tim Curry. Yeah, Tim Curry. Tim Curry apparently voiced or recorded his entire role and voice for Hades in the film, and then they decided to replace him with James Bond. Or no, was it? Oh. Yeah, was it? Was it Tim Curry or was it William H. Meese? I don't know. It was one of those. If it was Tim Curry, that would basically be like his. Because wasn't he the Dark Lord in uh, Legend? Uh, oh yeah. He's like yeah. That, that, so that would be like the second time he's played an Underlord or like a Lord of the Underworld. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like the film. I liked all the the humor with with Hades and Pain and Panic. Uh, I love I love the the voice of Panic. Uh, was it Bob Carthright? Like. Like he's got, you know, he's got a very distinctive voice. Have you ever, have you seen Hercules? No, I haven't seen Hercules. It was, that, that was one that. I, this is uh, another one that's on Netflix in HD right now, so you can you can check that out. Yeah, I gotta check it out. But yeah, Hercules. Uh, yeah, definitely check out Hercules. It's it's awesome. Oh, and there's a, there's a little Easter egg in there too to the Lion King. Uh, at one point, Hercules is wearing like this uh, kind of fur 
rope, cape kind of thing, and it's a lion, and it's it's Scar. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so you get to see what happens to Scar after the hyenas take care of him at the end of the movie. <laughs> I I guess this the same guy that did that the that you know that Pixar theory thing. Uh, wait, what? what uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I like that. reconnected all the, those movies. I guess someone could try to start doing that with like the the Disney oh, wow. theory because with some of the, at least with some of these and the fact that when they did that Hercules animated TV show in one of the episodes they actually had uh, the ghost of Jafar uh, I guess it would be after the return of Jafar episode uh, uh, straight to DVD movie uh, but he's about to go to the underworld and like he tries to he sets up some deal with Hades and like Hades tries to take out Aladdin and Jafar tries to take out Hercules. <laughs> this is when Hercules is a teenager. So apparently, by the time, you know, like, Hercules is an adult in his film, uh, the events of the Aladdin films are well past, done, and they're married and everything. So apparently Aladdin would be much older than, than Hercules. Right. <laughs> so it's just kind of like a, an interesting thing. I think you can find that entire episode on YouTube, too, so... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hercules is definitely an, an underrated Disney film. I would definitely suggest everybody check that out. And I'm hoping that gets a Blu-ray release soon too. Uh, the next is is the first animated film ever to win. To win. Did, did it win or was it just nominated? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to check. Uh, well, for for an Oscar, I think I think it might have won. Yeah, I, I I think it might have won too. Yeah, but. That- that's such a good movie. The the music in that is so good. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast is one of those, one of the the films like of of that the Disney Disney Renaissance. You know, after Little Mermaid and included in there's Aladdin, The Lion King, and whatnot. But uh, Gaston as the villains is one of the best Disney villains as well, and the Gaston villain song is great. I'm glad. I eventually want to make it to Disney World so I can check out that new Fantasyland stuff where like they have Gaston's Tavern and stuff there. That'd be pretty cool to check out. Oh, cool! And then it's got the, the music from uh, Alan Menken and Robert Sherman in this. That's amazing. You have uh, Jeremy Orbach as the mayor, and Cogsworth is is awesome as well. Uh, I have here sitting at my desk in front of me a little plastic cup of chip from the film that I think I got from a long time ago from like a Disney on ice thing, but <laughs> when I was a little kid, but yeah, beauty in the movie, it's well deserved of all the acclaim that it gets. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but you know how, how they say in the opening of beauty and the beast that the beast has to be like that until his 18th birthday or he'll be like yeah. that forever. And, I, I think at some point in the year they they say they've been like that for like seven years or so. So did did that sorceress or witch that came to the door really expect an eleven year old kid to not act like that? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I uh, I would love to to see the behind the scenes of that of of that writing choice. Yeah, I would. <laughs> No idea. The, I mean, it's it's been a long time since I'd seen that movie. Yeah, too, it's, it's. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, sorry, you go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, it's in the be our guest. Lumiere says, 
for for seven years we've been rusting doing much meaning much much more than dusting so <laughs> yeah so yeah the, so yeah the beast would have been 11 years old so wow. if, if bell had never come along this kid would have been a been a, a beast his entire life just for a mistake he made as an 11 year old kid <laughs> i think mm-hmm. that that uh sorceress needs to get her her magic license revoked for doing magic and kids and yeah. where, where where were his his parents yeah that's a good question well the, well let's not ask the disney will probably have a horrible traumatizing answer for us D- did he kill them when he turned into the beast <laughs> right <laughs> that that's probably or, not far off or were the staff just basically his parents yeah he's like bruce wayne his, his parents were yeah. <laughs> you see the beast turn into Batman, that'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, so going from Beauty and the Beast to number three, I think is an, another underrated Disney film. Uh, the Great Mouse Detective uh, came out in 1986, the year of my birth. And uh, it was the first Disney film to have the help from Pixar doing some cg animation in the film oh wow i didn't know that in the 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 clock scene near the end of the film with big ben uh all the cogs moving and whatnot that is all done with cg animation and then pixar would come back to help with again with the rescuers down under when you watch that there's a a, there's a paragraph it says pixar and there's like six or seven people that worked on the film from pixar wow but yeah, the Great Mouse Detective is awesome. This, it is Sherlock Holmes as a mouse, uh, Radigan as the villain. A villain? Wow. <laughs> you did it to me, Radigan. Uh, but yeah, that's got another great villain song in it. Uh, have you seen the Great Mouse Detective? Uh, yeah, I have, but it's been way too long. I, you, you've inspired me to, uh, to to go check it out again because I, I remember it being great. I just don't remember because I, I was I was too young. I want to say this is another one that's available on Netflix right now on HD too. So, yeah, Netflix probably. is doing pretty good with uh, that deal that they did with Disney for a lot of the the films they have available on there right now. Yeah, I'm excited for those new Marvel shows. Too. Oh yeah, definitely. Awesome. Uh, yeah, those are special, and I wonder if those eventually cross over with when they do like an Avengers three, which I'm sure. Well, yeah. I just have every single character that they've made a film with <laughs> Avengers three. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, Great Mouse Detective. Check that out. Basil Baker Street, uh, definitely worth a watch. Uh, and then here are my top two. They're also on Tom's list. Uh, the Lion King was one of my favorite films as a kid. I know there's some picture my mom had me do it when I was like seven or eight, where I'm wearing I have a a green shirt on that's got like an embroidered uh, Simba as an adult on it. And then in the picture, it's like one of those really cheesy, like, 90s pictures because there's, like, a fake can of paint that's knocked over in the picture that I'm, <laughs> that I'm leaning on for some reason. Uh, and and I've got, a, like, a stuffed Simba in that picture with me, too. So it's, like, things from the 90s. Uh, yeah, and that, <laughs> the 90s. I've told this story on, this, on the podcast before, too, where in, like, fourth grade or so, we had to pick a song to lip sync and in that me and another kid in the class did like just can't wait to be king 
<laughs> and we taped like fake lion tails to to ourselves and whatnot. So, yeah, Lion King. I'll always enjoy that film. Did you ever see Lion King two or Lion King one and a half at all? No, no. Is it is it worthwhile? Uh, two two is okay. Uh, it's it's that. So if Lion King the first one is is Hamlet, Lion King two is Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Uh, and Jason Marsden, uh, you know, is the voice of, of Goofy, uh, or not, not Goofy, geez, uh, Goofy's son, Max, uh, does the voice of, it's never really clear, a kid that looks like he should be Scar's son, <laughs> but then that would be weird because, uh, he falls in love with, uh, Simba's daughter, and since Scar uh, was Simba's like brother, uncle, right? Yeah, uncle. Yeah, that would kind of be. <laughs> so hopefully he's not blood related to her. But and then and then Lion King one and a half is Timon and Pumbaa's story. That's kind of uh, what happens to them during the events of the Lion King before they meet Simba and up and yeah. through like the end of the Lion King two after they met like all, everything from like their perspective. That's cool. So yeah, Lion King one and a half is actually one of the better like shoot to DVD sequels too as well. My number one film that is still, like I've said, not on Blu-ray for some reason, uh, Aladdin, and this this is definitely just my favorite one. I like everything about this movie. The the music that was written for it, uh, Jafar again is a great villain. I remember again from like a. Disney a nice thing I had like a Jafar's staff where like you could roll your, your thumb on the back of it and the the cobra's tongue would come out and it would like make like a noise and like the tongue and the eyes would light up. <laughs> but yeah, and so you had you'd mentioned Rod Williams being on your crazy uh, one of the favorite things from that. Oh my god. You ain't never had a friend like me is is one of the best Disney songs. It's it's so great. Um yeah, I mean there, there there's there's so much goodness in, in that in that film. Every, every scene's pretty uh, awesome. St- Steve from Full House is the voice of Aladdin. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. There's actually actually an episode of Full House if you go back where they go to Disney World and uh the character of DJ is is missing Steve so much that she's like seeing him all over the place in Disney World, and <laughs> and one of that characters she sees him as is he's dressed up as Aladdin at one point, so it was a nice little like that's nod great. to him actually doing the voice. But that's awesome. Yeah, this I think this during this point this is like where Disney's allotted like their east Easter eggs in the films too because uh, there's a little reference to Beauty and the Beast in this too, like when the Sultan has like his animal like thing that he's like stacking on top of, of themselves there's like for a split second you can see the beast and like as one of the little figures in that so oh cool oh and then and then the the genie turns point wait what is that what what is that reference what oh what is, what is that the teenager what 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 is that reference oh no i was saying the genie turns into pinocchio oh oh i, I think we the connection messed I heard, I heard the teenager and i was like wait what <laughs> what is that <laughs> yeah the like when he's doing like all the all those impressions at that one point, he turns to Pinocchio. Right, right. Have you right. have you ever heard the the theory about Aladdin, where it's actually set like in a very far in the in the future post apocalyptic Earth? 
No, no, I haven't heard of that. What, what's the what's the rationale behind that? Well, I, that's, and that's why like the, the all the genies references that he's making are to like stuff that happened way in the past, uh. <laughs> and not the stuff that hasn't happened like way in the future yet. Because like when he's referencing Arsenio Hall, or... right? <laughs> I, I, I love the rationale. Of, like it's not just a a grab for topical humor. It's really a post-apocalyptic movie. You just didn't know it. Uh, yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> and the magic carpet is actually some like technologically advanced like gadget that somebody created and whatnot. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so def- definitely I would, Aladdin is my favorite Disney animated film of all time. Uh, and did you ever see the sequels that they did for this? Those straight to DVD ones? No, no, the Jafar. No, Return yeah. of Jafar. No, I didn't see it. Return of Jafar and then uh, King of Thieves or Prince of Thieves. When Robin Williams came back for that, that third one, and they like to heavily promote that like on the banner <laughs> after Homer Simpson did the voice of of Genie in the second movie. Oh, that's I that would that's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, so those are our our top ten animated Disney films of all time. We're interested to see what you guys think and if you have any disagreements for where ours place on our list or if there's ones that we missed that we didn't talk about. Uh, so definitely let us know about those. Uh, you can send those tweets to us at, you can either send it to me at Mark Vibbert, I'm at M-A-R-C-V-I-B-B-E-R-T, or the, the show at Animated Podcast. Where, where can they find you again on Twitter and the, the internets? Yeah, on Twitter you can tweet at me uh, at Tom Fons. That's at T-O-M-F-O-N-S-S. Uh, and you can also check out uh, my Crit Juice podcast uh, on critjuice.com or on iTunes. Or you can even follow my character at critj underscore gub. That's at C-R-I-T-J underscore G-U-B. Very cool. Uh, and then you guys can feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our site where we have new news posts every day. Uh, we actually just started a new column on there called an, A Fascinating Day in Animation History uh, that one of our, our new writers, Jessica Worski, has started. Those are pretty cool. She's done one so far. She did one on Robin Hood, uh, Fantasia, and Toy Story most recently. So definitely check those out if you guys are interested in some behind, uh, you know, backstory to some of your favorite Disney and, and other, and she, so far she's only done Disney, but, uh, we'll be doing other studios like DreamWorks and, and Blue Sky and Pixar and whatnot. So, uh, and you guys can also like us on Facebook just by searching for animation fascination, trying to hit a thousand by, by the end of the year. We just, we just did that on Facebook. So that was pretty cool. I mean, not Facebook, Twitter. That's follow, awesome. so, so that was that was pretty awesome to finally hit that so thank you guys appreciate that uh and then if you guys would like to uh please leave us a review on itunes it'll bring up our exposure on there and help us in improving the podcast for you guys while you're listening to it so i'm mark Hubert for myself matt quest and our guest tom Fons. thank you guys for listening and make sure to tune in again next time Thanks again, man. For of course, on. man. Really Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, any any time, man. Oh, Great podcast, man. It's it's really Thanks. cool. Thanks, Mark. Have a good one. Thanks Great. for having me. Bye. Bye.
conceal, don't feel, don't let them know. Well, now they know. Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. off when we make toast <laughs> our smoke alarm went, went off uh, earlier today too i mean it's good that it works that well but yeah not good that it works that well at the same time 